This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's going on, everybody? Nathan King here from the Auburn Undercover Podcast. Wanted to just remind everybody about one of our great sponsors here on the 24-7 Sports Network, and that is Homefield Apparel. What is Homefield Apparel? You guys, the premium collegiate apparel brand out of Indianapolis that produces incredibly comfortable, officially licensed apparel with vintage college designs like Auburn and all of their great logos and designs um, that they've had throughout their history. Homefield digs through the archives and history of your school to find unique logos, mascots, and moments to make thoughtful designs for your school. Obviously, one of their most popular collections is the Auburn collection now. Now over 20 pieces in total on their site, Homefield Apparel. Com. If you guys were anywhere on social media, you you were part of the Peacock movement. Um, if you're an Auburn fan of the Auburn basketball season, they've got a great Peacock shirt and Peacock hoodie that says Auburn Hoops. Easily my favorite design of theirs. Um, it's a great, great piece of uh, piece of work for an Auburn fan to pick up to commemorate this basketball season. You guys can still get 15% off your first purchase at homefieldapparel.com with the code Auburn Undercover. That's all caps, all one word. Auburn Undercover. Please go check it out. You guys love their product, have loved it for a really long time. If you guys have been anywhere in the world of college athletics in the past couple of years in terms of social media, like I talked about, they have been phenomenal. They've done a really good job of branding themselves and they back it up with a great product. And Auburn is one of their biggest sellers, like that new Peacock uh, jacket I was just telling you guys about. So be sure to go pick that up. Get 15% off your first purchase. Again, promo code, all caps, Auburn Undercover at checkout at homefieldapparel.com. Here on the Auburn Undercover Podcast, we are proud to be partnered with Prime Shrimp, a New Orleans-based shrimp company, to offer our listeners some delicious, easy-to-cook shrimp in just minutes. These guys have been peeling shrimp since the 40s, and they are excited to offer you guys restaurant-quality shrimp straight to your door in under 10 minutes without the usual mess and fuss. Take the frozen pouch out of your freezer, drop it in a pot of boiling water, and again, it's ready to serve however you want it in 10 minutes. You guys can head over to primeshrimp.com. And with promo code Auburn247, all caps, all one word, you can get $20 off your first order. Again, that's code Auburn247, all caps, all one word for $20 off your first order. If you don't love it, get your money back. Their flavors include Signature Season, French Quarter Alfredo, Garlic Herb Butter, and the Louisiana Shrimp Boil, which is personally my favorite. I'll tell you guys what I've done three or four times. Grab a loaf of French bread, bake it until it's crispy, get some lettuce, whatever other toppings you want, stuff some Louisiana Shrimp Boil, in there and get yourself a po' boy. It is absurdly good. Get you some frozen French fries, pop them in the oven while you're making it, and it's super easy, super tasty seafood meal in like 20 minutes by the time you're done with everything. Remember, guys, use code AUBURN247, all one word, all caps, $20 off your first purchase at primeshrimp.com. Welcome back, everybody. Another edition here of the Auburn Undercover Podcast on the 24-7 Sports Network. My name is Nathan King. Hope everybody is having a good weekend. If you're listening to this one on Saturday morning, we are continuing to run through Auburn's 2022 schedule. We are now on to week seven, where Auburn is finishing up a tough two-game 
road stretch. Obviously, they had the five straight home games to begin the season. Then they go to Georgia, the defending national champions. And then the following week, they will head to Oxford to play a very different team, talking about you know generational defense last year in Georgia. Now it's a very offensive-oriented team, so that'll be interesting to see how Auburn handles that, playing um, a very different team with uh, with Lane Kiffin at the helm. But this is an Ole Miss team that hasn't beaten Auburn um, since 2015. Um, they've come close the past few seasons. They had a great team last year, a top 10 team that came into Jordan Hare and Auburn won that game. And so this year it's headed back to Oxford and the Rebels have been a really interesting team this offseason. They've brought in um, some of the most transfers in the country. Obviously, they've got a bunch of turnover at the quarterback position all over the offense, new defensive coordinator. And uh, we're going to bring in an expert on the Rebels to join us here today, Mr. Tyler Comis coming over. Am I, am I saying that right? Yes, sir. You are, Nathan. How are you Perfect. doing, man? Good deal. I'm, I'm good, man. I'm good. Tyler covers uh, Ole Miss for Rebels 24-7, of course, our, uh, our sister site here um, in the SEC West. And so, Tyler, it's been, I mean, you, you know, we, we talk about the transfer portal now over the past few seasons as, you know, that, that kind of stretch from February to May where you're really having to be on your toes and, and, and watching out for, for moves. In Ole Miss's case, probably more so than anybody um, because they just, you know, them and LSU, brought in a ton of transfers um, on both sides of the ball. We'll get to that a little bit later. First thing I want to talk about was, as we've as we've gone through these scheduled previews, um, we talked about last season starting off. So Ole Miss had another great season under Lane Kiffin. Obviously, they make it um, to the Sugar Bowl. Matt Corral goes down in that game, but it gave a little bit of an interesting window into what that quarterback competition may be. Just what were the vibes from last season and, and the overall reaction from from what Ole Miss did in 2021? You know, Nathan, you, you hit it right on the head. They got a little – towards the end, they got a little sneak peek of what this year could look like with Altmeyer at the helm. But, you know, I think maybe around the nation it felt like an overachieving season. But Ole Miss really – you know, inside the program, they really don't feel that way, and they feel they want to keep those expectations for another great year this year. And another thing you 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 mentioned was the transfer portal. And it's been really busy for Ole Miss. Obviously, at one point, it was ranked the number one transfer portal class, and and people in Oxford like to call Lane Kiffin the portal king. So at the end of the day, we'll we'll see how this team, uh, all these new pieces, mesh together, and and we'll take it from there. So year two for Kiffin, um, he goes ten and three. Um, it's his third ten win season as a head coach in the past five years. He had a couple. Um, over there at FAU. But like you mentioned, so we'll start there with the transfers. Tons of turnover. Um, Matt Corral was not a transfer. He's off to the NFL, but they did dig into the transfer portal and get a guy in Jackson Dart to come in um, at quarterback. Who are some other names, though? There's I know there's a bunch across the board. I, I like Michael Trigg a lot at tight end. I think Zach Evans is an underrated player. But, but who are the names across the board that you have kind of had your eye on? And, and what did these guys look like in the spring? Um, let's start with the with the bigger names. You said it, Jackson Dart, uh, USC quarterback, and he kind of came in a, a package deal with Michael Trigg. So, you know, you, you don't know who's the starting quarterback up to this point. I think Altmaier might have the upper hand at right now before spring practice. But you got a surefire, you know, SEC stud in, in Trigg, I think. And some of the other names, um, Deshaun Jerkins from, from Vanderbilt, safety there. He's he's. I think a pretty big pickup and Troy Brown, central Michigan linebacker. He's going to be filling, you know, the void left by chance Campbell, who was ended up getting drafted by the Tennessee Titans this past NFL draft. And 
and Mason Brooks. He's going to be huge on the on the offensive line tackle from uh, Western Kentucky. Um, and the last one off the top of my head from Auburn, JJ, uh, originally from Oxford. So he's going to get his revenge game week seven. Yeah, that's an interesting situation. Obviously, JJ, a guy, like you said, from Oxford, um, was an interesting kind of gadget player in high school, played almost every position on the field, gets to Auburn, um, plays the tight end spot, and, and sort of a jumbo quarterback. It'll be interesting to see. Now, did they see him? He had moved over to defensive tackle last year. Did, did they see him as a, a defensive player? Or are they going to try him out at tight end? What does is, what is his role look like right now? That's a good question, Nathan. So, Darren, yeah. I think – uh, I think they mainly view him as as a defensive lineman interior, and but you know what? During Ole Miss's spring spring game, the Grove Bowl, as they call it, uh, he actually caught a two point conversion uh, as it lined up as a tight end. So, and and we were talking to him after uh, the spring game, and he said he he's ready for anything, and he he sees himself being utilized in in many different packages. And that means offense too, I think. So who knows what, what tricks they might have up their sleeve for him this year on the offensive side of the ball, but no, primarily defense, interior defensive line. Okay. Yeah. They switched him over. Nick Eason, Auburn's former D line coach is now off the Clemson. Um, the story goes that he came up to him in a, in a workout and told him that he wanted to come to his room because he could make him more money playing the defensive line. And apparently Pekise took that to heart and actually came to the coaches in a meeting um, and now, yeah, he definitely he's got that NFL potential along the defensive line. I also wouldn't put it past Lane Kiffin with the way he just likes to troll to set up some sort of trick play against Auburn in that game. So that'll exactly. be, That'd be know, very on brand. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And so and especially in, like, you know, they're in a revenge spot after losing that game um, last season. So the quarterback battle, it feels like every single person we've talked to so far, with the exception of Georgia, as you look throughout the SEC, there's just quarterback competition everywhere seems to be a two-man race right now for Ole Miss between like I said Jackson Dart who was a, a good player last year at, at at USC but came out and Caleb Williams goes in there and then Luke Altmaier who like you said they kind of got a flash of him there in the Sugar Bowl do you have a lean one way or another at, at what Ole Miss wants to do or is this one going to come down to what they do in fall camp uh I think it's going to come down to what they do in fall camp and I think uh Lane's going to push his back as you know, as far back as he can keep, you know, keep these guys competing every single day. Um, but in the spring game, from what we saw there, uh, it looked like Dart at times is too aggressive. And and on the flip side, you have Altmaier who looked too conservative, but did take care of the football, you know, Dart threw two interceptions, uh, but also had two touchdowns while Altmaier had no interceptions, no touchdowns, uh, but might have played the cleaner game. And right now I'll give Altmaier the edge just because he has, he's more familiar with the playbook. Yeah. They got a new offensive coordinator and Charlie Weiss jr. Um, but yeah, right now I, I don't see a clear leader, um, but I'm going to go with Altmaier just because he has a better grasp of the playbook at this point in time. Um, but Auburn has a quarterback battle of their own, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Yep. Yep. Should be, three-man quarterback race um, okay. most consider Zach Calzada the Texas A&M transfer most consider him to be the leader just because of what he did last season they got Robbie Ashford from Oregon he's a fun player he's never taken a college snap before but he's an interesting kind of dual threat guy and then TJ Finley who who finished out last season when Bo Nix 
got injured. What's what is the difference between these two guys? I, I know Altmaier might be a little bit more athletic, but it, from what you've seen so far, is there much of a difference in terms of what the offense does when when either of them is on the field? Um, again, I feel like the difference is just airing the ball out. I think there are a lot of question marks around Altmaier's arm strength and whether he can really yeah. let it fly or not. And Dart, that's not really the case, but but right now some cons to him I think that I've seen is that he just tries to force it too much. And they've said, and and Kiffin went on record and during a press conference and said, you know, Dart's really had some really, you know, shaky day. He's either really on one day or really off. That at least for spring practice. We'll see if that changes over the summer. But uh I've been Dart's been you know, he's been working over the summer, you know, away from the program with teammates trying to build that chemistry because obviously he's got a history and, and chemistry with with Michael Trigg. But what about the rest of the guys? You know, uh, Jonathan Mingo, Jalen Robinson, who's another UCF transfer who I forgot to mention, actually, um, and and Casey Kelly. When you look at this offense moving into 2022, obviously, you know, they've been one of the better scoring offenses under under Kiffin. But. With these transfers, like you talked about, you've got Robinson, but you've got a guy returning in, in Mingo, who was a good player last year. That might be one of the better receiver duos in the SEC. Um, what do you expect in terms of production out of this offense? You know, taking a step forward, taking a step back. You know, how different are they going to look under under Charlie Weiss Jr.? Or is it is it maybe just too early to tell any of those things? And you'll kind of have to see what the quarterback looks like. You know, I don't actually expect the offense to take many steps back. Obviously, with you know, losing a guy like Corral, I think you're just bound to have more turnovers this year um, at the quarterback position because you don't find many like him. But offensively, I mean, it's still I think it's still Lane Kiffin's show at the end of the day. Um, so he's still going to bring out the fireworks, I think. And and what's interesting about this team is that, you know, if the if you know, the through the air doesn't work, they got a really, really good run game, I think upgrading their backfield and that says a lot because i mean snoop connor and jaron ely are both nfl players right now ely with the chiefs and uh snoop connor with the jaguars uh but you you said earlier zach evans and um another texas running back bentley the fourth um they both had really strong springs and i think this offensive line group which consists of uh caleb warren mason brooks eli acker nick broker and and jeremy james is going to be a really strong offensive line yeah, you mentioned it there. A couple Texas guys. Evans was a huge prospect, five-star recruit when he went to TCU. Um, and then Ulysses Bentley, the fourth. People at Auburn might recognize that name only because if you remember when Tank Bigsby was a freshman, Ulysses Bentley was at SMU. And when you were looking at the freshman rushing leaders throughout college football, it was like them two going back and forth. So a lot of product. You've got a, a super productive guy, and then you've got a guy with a super high ceiling that maybe once he hits that ceiling could be one of the better backs in the sec moving on to the defensive side now they did get their their defensive coordinator dj durkin they got him poached um by texas a&m what kind of differences do you expect there what did you see in the spring is is there going to be much of a schematic change because i mean in auburn's case they lost Derek mason but they're not really changing up the way they're aligning the defense they're sort of just keeping things going what do you expect out of that group um this season and, and what kind of changes might might fans see this year so obviously Durkin um you know left for AM uh for the same position but you know people 
I think people forget he was a co-defensive coordinator actually with uh, Chris Partridge, who's mm-hmm. now taken on the full role of defensive coordinator. Um, but you know they they took some big losses last uh, this past offseason, losing Chance Campbell, like I mentioned, Sam Williams uh, to the Dallas Cowboys, and and Kendron Smith to the transfer portal, Jalen Jones. I mean, the, it just goes on. But you know I'm not too concerned about what the production of the front seven may look like. Um, I think my only question marks for the defense would be the corners, really. I mean, you got returning players, A.J. Finley and, and DeAndre Prince, but it's a really uh, – I think out of all the position groups, it's definitely the thinnest. So, you know, it, it's tough to say, but I'm going to say this, take a couple steps back this year on defense. Yeah, what is like you just talked about? Obviously, Sam Williams finished. If if Will Anderson Jr. wasn't one of the best players, maybe the best player in college football, Sam Williams might have been the best defensive lineman um, in the SEC. But obviously, he's off to the NFL. Um, what is the is is it the defensive front being the strength of this defense again? Or I know they've got maybe a couple names back at safety. What are they sort of hanging their hat on this year? As, as, as you talked about, they might be working out some other kinks in other spots. Um, I think their strongest is definitely their, their defensive front. I think it's their deepest group. Uh, they got Jared Ivy in the transfer portal from Georgia tech. They view him as a, you know, pretty big piece um, this upcoming season. And JJ Pigwas, as we mentioned, Cedric Johnson, they also expect him to take a few steps forward Um that's who Sam Williams too has been pressuring to really te- take the next step. Um, but yeah, yeah, it should be it should be interesting to see. Like you, you know, it's always when you lose a guy like a like a Sam Williams. Of course, you get that you get that production. You you have you know an opportunity for somebody to come in and take on that role. But he was one of the better defensive players for for Ole Miss over the past few seasons. But Ole Miss is starting to, to sort of you know develop that that rep for itself. You know, when you had Kim Dichie a few years ago, probably a couple other names that I'm not even bringing up, but, but they've had good defensive linemen. And we just talked about the potential of, you know, JJ Pekis, a former top 100 recruit, a guy who's got a lot of NFL potential. So we'll see how much hay he can make on the defensive front this season. Um, Tyler, we'll, we'll go here before we talk about this Auburn game um, and the matchup here in Oxford. We'll look at Ole Miss's schedule for the 2022 season just kind of your general expectations i know we're still um a little ways out but it's only a couple weeks now until media days and we're going to find out what people think in terms of an sec west finish for this team you know what do you see as as sort of a feasible um record for them and and as their their win total goes do you expect them to go over expectations under and and what are your kind of general thoughts on the schedule well leading up to auburn you see that the first six opponents aside kentucky you know aren't quite up to up to Ole Miss's par in my opinion um so it's a good good thing they have those six weeks to really see who they want at quarterback because yeah you know the Auburn game is the start of six straight SEC games that's going to really determine how Ole Miss's season goes and how serious they are about continued success um you know going into 2022 but it, it I, I see them going into the Auburn game it might be a little too optimistic, but I will. I will say six and zero. Um, yeah, I can see that. And then you know, it really <laughs> these six games really could go either way for him. I think. Um, 
So it's tough to say. It really is. I'll say that out of the six, I'll give them at least four wins, at least four out of the six. Yeah, I feel like it's you You look at that stretch right there. We've got it on, if you're watching the live stream of the YouTube, um, you've got, we'll do our best to talk about it for the podcast listeners. They got um, Troy, Central Arkansas, a couple nice ones there. Um, at Georgia Tech, that's a bit of a sinking ship. So you feel like Ole Miss should have a good shot there. Then they play Tulsa. Um, they host Kentucky. I feel like that's a nice spot there. You, you know, Kentucky is the biggest, like you talked about, of that six-game stretch, but you get it at home. That's really nice. And then you go to Vanderbilt. You're, you're, you're Lane Kiffin in year three. You should win that game. I feel like you almost have to go 6-0 and there before Auburn to give yourself a chance to punch up toward um, the top of the SEC. And then, like you said, Auburn sort of represents um, you know something in the middle here, and then the second half of the schedule just gets absolutely brutal. Um, at LSU, at Texas A&M, I like that bye week spot for them. I mean, Alabama is Alabama's Alabama, but you get a bye week before you bring them into your house. I mean, you can't really ask for much better than that. And then at Arkansas against Mississippi State. So, um, I mean, Ole Miss, I think, is is viewed right now a little bit upper tier from where Auburn is. You know, Ole Miss is kind of middle to top of of SEC, whereas Auburn is or at the West, whereas Auburn maybe middle to bottom is is viewed right now but if you're in that range anywhere if you're not alabama there's a ton of toss-up games um and that's why i think the sec is going to be so exciting this season yeah i mean you look at it here and and just like auburn with a five-game home stretch to start the season there's a really important stretch here um for Ole miss and i i don't think it's too optimistic by you at all i don't think i mean i think i would probably think they'd be six and you that the only one you're talking about is getting a win over kentucky absolutely at home and so this auburn game could be a big swing game um, for them to kind of get some momentum for the rest of the year. And so we'll we'll close with that. I know we're still, I say this on every episode we do on this, but it's like we're far away from this game. We, we're not going to break down, you know, the individual position matchups or anything like that. But just from Ole Miss's perspective, it seems like Auburn has been a frustrating game for them because they've played well over the past few seasons, but just can't get certain things. 2020 game kind of comes to mind. Can't get certain things or calls, whatever your perspective is, um, <laughs> to break their way. And then last season, they had a great offense, and they just kind of dropped the ball um, in Jordan Heron and, and came up short on a lot of uh, important plays there. Just kind of what is you know the fan base and the program overall? How do they view this Auburn matchup in terms of maybe a revenge spot? Um, and then with what you know about Auburn, you know, not trying to get too deep into it, but just kind of your general thoughts on this game this season. Huge man, I think Ole Miss view this, Ole Miss fans view this game is huge. I mean, you you said it; they haven't beaten Auburn since 2015, was it right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and and the past two seasons, I mean, you, you got the last game that was in Oxford. You got the fingertip thing where it was ruled a touchback. But you know what? Ole Miss fans may not appreciate this, but at the end of the day, Auburn actually. I was looking back at it; they ended up punting on that drive, and Ole Miss, you know, had the ball up. 27 28 i mean yeah it would have been a touchdown if if they counted the fingertip rule but at the end of the day Ole miss still had a chance to put it away and they ended up punting the ball and auburn scores the game winning touchdown on their next drive and then you and then you fast forward to last year after 2020 uh you know that game turns out being uh colossal because if they win that game and and the rest of the season plays out how it played out they they might have made the college football playoffs so I think Ole Miss fans are ready to get this, you know, monkey off their back and 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 finally get a win. We'll see if they can get that done. But yeah, I think I mean, it, it in terms of positioning, of in terms of where the game is played, in terms of what your opponent is looking like. Auburn's got a lot of question marks 
Um, and Ole Miss does too, but theirs are a little different Absolutely. because you've, you've got more of a proven commodity in terms of Lane Kiffin and what he's done. Some of the transfers you're bringing in are, of course, of higher profile. So I think if there was ever a year for Kiffin to get, not, not just Kiffin, it extends multiple coaching tenures, sort of this frustration that Ole Miss has had in this Auburn series. Um, for them to get the, this monkey off their back, I think this is probably the year to do it. You're bringing them into your house. And like you talked about, people forget how good Ole Miss was last season and how how much they were rolling before they sort of just hit a wall. I mean, I, I think they were ranked number 10 in the country. But like you said, the way the rest of the year played out and how successful their regular season was, they could have had a shot for the college football playoff at the end of the year. You might have been talking about you know, them versus Cincinnati or whoever else was was you know up for that number four spot. It would have made things pretty interesting and so um great perspective from from you tyler thanks so much for for coming on today i think our listeners are uh, always interested to hear kind of what the auburn game means to the opponent because they obviously know what they think um and from you i'm kind of learning that based on number one the schedule where it comes and what the schedule after this game looks like and number two the way the fan base views this game um i think you know it's a little it's bigger than i thought before we started this episode it's i think you know old miss fans maybe view this one um, are going to be a little more energetic for it um, than I thought. So it should be a really good matchup. Like we talked about at the top, it'll be difficult for Auburn to come off of a two-game road stretch, but they do get the bye week after that, and then they host Arkansas at home. So Arkansas will be our next episode here on the series. So I want to thank Tyler so much for, for hopping on today. You guys can obviously go to Rebels 24-7 and check out all their work, and you guys can follow him on, on Twitter, excuse me, at Tyler Comis, K-O-M-I-S. So thanks so much to him for hopping on today if you guys enjoyed this episode please leave us a five-star review that's the number one thing that helps us out the intro and outro music is by beats by mordecai you guys can follow him on twitter soundcloud and instagram and until the next episode enjoy the rest of your weekend and we will talk to you all next week preview arkansas Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.